We on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another week, another episode of The Court Report. Shouts to my man, Beezy, checking in, man. You know what it is. This is what we do. Every week, we do the news over here, man. Top stories today, man. We got a lot going on, man. Rest in peace, John Lewis, man. The legendary John Lewis, civil rights activist, longtime congressman out of Atlanta, Georgia, man. Great man. Lived a great life, man. Rest in peace. Dedicated to John Lewis, this whole episode here, man. But the struggle continues, bro. Protest movements are burning in America after another ridiculously hot July weekend. Everything from Portland, Oregon to Chicago to the nationwide strike for fucking black lives. Shout out to my man, Sid Kami. You know what we doing. We doing the news over here, fam. We getting it in, man. Shocking story. Another shocking story out of fucking New Jersey. Listen, federal judge, murder, FedEx, the Epsteins, Deutsche Bank. Got it all, man. Of course, Kanye and his nonsense. Of course, we got to touch on 45 and his shenanigans. Shout out to QB the Diva, the queen of the peach cobbler. Listen, know the vibes, man. Y'all got to know what time it is, man. Support black businesses, man. It's been a great week, a great time, man, but we got news to do it. So let's go and get on to it. Woo! We're going to go ahead and start this show off, man. Like I said, this is dedicated. This is in memory of the legendary John Lewis, 1940 to 2020, 80 years old, man. This man was arrested over 40 times, man, beaten in Selma. He was the guy who was literally the visual image of Bloody Sunday. Z Kingdom, what's happening, family? We out here, man. John Lewis has literally took many, many lumps, many, many beatings, many, many arrests for the cause, fought the same struggle his whole life. Has been a member of Congress since 1987, yo co-founder of the SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinated Commission, organized the Freedom Rides, was one of the youngest leaders, the youngest speaker at the March on Washington, man. Certified G. You can never take this man's stripes away from him. John Lewis, life well lived, man. 80 years, man. Rest in peace, bro. It's dedicated to you. This is the Good Trouble episode because we definitely in trouble. We don't know if it's good or not, but I'm out here to get in good trouble by making noise and raising the alarm and letting people know, man, we sharing this information, man. So let's talk about this information. Right now, what's going on in America is insane with the protest movement. A lot of people are not aware of the fact that the protests have not stopped since George Floyd's killing. Since May 20th, should I say, this protest movement in America has only grown. Epicenters have jumped from here to there. It's one time it's Kentucky. One day it's Chicago. Another day it's Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon is in the spotlight right now. Unidentified federal officers are literally snatching people off the streets in Portland, Oregon and putting them into rental cars. This is really happening. This is not hyperbole. This is not some dystopian. What up, y'all? Man, you know what time it is. Chi-Town checking in. Hey, listen, we got to touch on Chicago, man. We talk about Portland right now with the nonsense with the unidentified federal agents out here just snatching people up, placing them in Chrysler Pacificas that they rented from Enterprise and just sliding off, frozen in the building. You know what it is, man. These Some of these agents have been identified as members of Customs and Border Patrol, which ironically has their own racist controversy going on simultaneously where four Customs Border Patrol employees were fired and 38, 38 have been suspended without pay. You know how much you have to fuck up as a police to get suspended without pay? 38 of them? 
They had a whole racist chat group. They love being racist on the internet. It just brings me back to Tucker Carlson and his guy. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Stay in the Portland. The Portland DA has actually filed a lawsuit against the federal agencies to get them to remove these troops from the city. They filed, the ACLU has filed a suit against the Trump administration to say that, why are we doing this? This is totally against Geneva Convention's international war crime statutes. But the loophole to that, which I just kind of learned today, is that because the United States is abusing its own citizens in this way and because we're considered a superpower governing body, we don't subject ourselves to the same rules of the Geneva Convention, which is why tear gas and chemical sprays and all of that is legal in the United States. Another thing, another city on fire right now or has been since George Floyd's killing, since before George Floyd's killing actually, is Louisville, Kentucky behind the killing of Breonna Taylor. All of the charges have been dropped against the, I believe it was like 87 protesters who were on the district attorney's lawn in Louisville, Kentucky to protest the fact that no charges still have been brought against the police. All of these guys, I just know that last, this one guy last name is Hankinson and I see him all the time on this social media. This guy is living way too comfortably to have a body on him the way he does. This is not cool, this is not okay, and I think that a lot of the things that people are doing, the tactics are only gonna become more aggressive, it's only gonna become more tense as this egregious miscarriage of justice carries on. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's movement in a lot of other cases, unfortunately, that these cases had to even occur, but there's movement. And this Breonna Taylor thing, people are upset, and this is not getting better by the day. Man, you know I love my statue stories, gang. You know I love my statue stories, but this is like a protest statue story kind of intertwined. In Chicago, in the shot, shout out my man Ronnie, you know what time it is. They attempted to move uh, a Christopher Columbus statue in the middle of Chicago, and an 18-year-old organizer named Miracle Boyd, young lady, punched in the face by the Chicago police. They knocked their teeth out, all of this craziness. This is the type of aggression that the people who want to see change, systemic change out here, are being met with. This isn't like an entire riot or anything like that. And this young lady in particular was head of this uh, organization called Good Kids Mad City that functions in Chicago that really helped to be a part of the community, that really helped to organize people and put people together to Sees to rise to this moment of social change and organizing the youth, which is super important. She just graduated high school. Again, ta- tagging on to the story out of New York where the officer was claiming he was assaulted by the homeless man who he punched in the face and sprained his hand or whatever. The officer in Chicago is making similar claims. We'll see what happens with that, man. In Indiana, right, next door neighbors, a really alarming incident that happened a few weeks ago involving a young man named Box Booker, who was an organizer in Bloomington, Indiana, seeing a lot of injustice, seeing a lot of police brutality, just a lot of racial disparities in the way people live and the way people are policed. He's an organizer trying to address all these things. He finds himself on a walk or an excursion somewhere out by the lake. He gets basically kidnapped by some racists who threatened him with lynching, 
held him up against a tree, assaulted him, all of this, that, and the third. These guys have been charged now with assault, with attempted kidnapping, and a host of other charges. But one of the craziest, yeah, the attempted hanging. One of the craziest outcomes of this whole thing is, yo, after all of this, this brother tested positive for COVID-19, and these people who accosted him sped on it. They spat on it intentionally. Yo, that's the wildest. That's got to be an attempted murder charge right there. Like that, that type of biological warfare, that type of filth. Yo, that's crazy. And like you said, Ronnie, that's standard for Indiana. I've heard so much about Indiana. It's never been a reason for me to even think about venturing to Indiana. It's a thing I want to do to slide to Chicago. And if I'm in Chicago and I slide over to Gary, that only makes sense. But going to the <laughs> French Lick or wherever the fuck Larry Bird from, wherever they did Hoosiers, nah, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely cool on all of that. I've heard that is Alabama on the Midwest side. So none of that really surprises me. Unfortunately, not to say it doesn't surprise me with the viciousness and the brutality of it, but what also takes me aback is that these racists or whatever were so bold to think that they could actually lynch a guy in 2020. If it weren't for passersby, who knows what would have happened to Vox Booker, man. Yo, keep your head up, Vox Booker, man, and hold on, because we don't know what kind of, you know, fallout is this. And I hope he gets well soon, man. This is crazy. Like I said, another extremely wild story. This is this was a lot for me, man. Judge Esther Salas in New Brunswick, New Jersey. She's the first Latina judge to sit on the New Jersey District Court. She was involved in a home invasion slash murder attempt slash assassination some day of the jackal type wild shit. Yo, hey, Ronnie, they some walkers. We already know. <laughs> Real life wild shit. Listen, this young lady went through something that nobody should have to go through. She had her home attacked by somebody who approached wearing a FedEx uniform. This person shot and killed her 20-year-old son. Her husband was injured in this attempt, blatant assassination attempt, and she just so happened to be recently assigned to a case involving Deutsche Bank, all of the money laundering and antitrust violations that they're facing for dealing with a lot of alleged money launderers, including Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, and who happens to be in MCDC a few, you know, a couple miles away in Manhattan. And just developing on this story, the suspect in this shooting was allegedly found dead today in an apparent suicide attempt. A suicide. Found in Manhattan dead of an apparent suicide. I tell you, yo, I talk about this all the time. The power of the judiciary and the attempts to control the judiciary and the lengths people will go to to have a thumb on the scale in justice is crazy. Absolutely insane. And this is like a real-life assassination attempt right here. I feel for Judge Salas. I'm sorry she lost her son. Her husband is injured. He's in critical condition. We don't know if he's going to recover. She's still alive, though. She still got to hit the bench. She still, what up, Jay Beasy? She still got to hit the bench and, you know, preside over this trial. We have no idea how this is going to turn out, man. And then, you know, 
other judge news, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite judges, and all favorite judges to talk about, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, man, she's uh, she's been hitting us with some really unsettling news recently. Uh, after she was hospitalized prior, last week for, you know, just general malaise and, you know, having a hard time with, I believe, what was it, her liver or something like that? She went home, but she revealed in an interview later that she had began to undergo chemotherapy again in like May because her cancer had returned. She's under, she's overcome about four different types of cancer, like liver, spleen, all kinds of craziness, man. Yo, like judges, the, the amount of weight that judges have on the system cannot be overstated. And the amount of importance that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has to even any liberal leanings that the Supreme Court has cannot be overstated. That's why it's so crazy that they tried to kill this one judge. Killing a judge is some next level insanity. Like like you said, JB, as my man JB, trial attorney, all well-practiced legal mind in Washington, D.C. for years, for decades even, man. Shout out to you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, really and truly understands how crazy this is, man. These are standard this is how America does business. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, unfortunately, she's kind of under the same attack because there's people that are salivating at the bit for her to just expire so that the balance of the court can be tipped once again towards some extreme conservatism, which is going to lead to some extreme policy leans, which is going to, you know, have us out there a little bit, man. We're going to be dealing with some very, very... Uh, untoward circumstances if we lose another liberal member of the Supreme Court because they're making decisions like, for example, the Supreme Court just allowed Florida to block the vote of these felons who they recently, through through a popular vote, through a state mandate, through something that the people came out and voted for and said they were in support of, and the legislation was support was forced to pass on that basis, Florida reinstating people who have felonies right to vote because the Supreme Court found some fault with that or that wasn't particularly aligned with the direction that they see the country going in. They've allowed Florida to block it and that's the final word on it. Unless there's some other activists who are going to invest the time, the money, the efforts that it takes to bring this up on appeal and wait another 20 years to adjust this. We're, in the, we're, we're back where we started from, the square one, you know what I mean? And that's the thing that you got to deal with with the uh, federal Supreme Court. You have to also think about they're executing people again. They've executed their third federal inmate this week. This dude was a wild dude, though. If you if you read this guy's case, man, his name was Dustin Lee Honekin. He killed five people because he was running like a meth lab and... They were going to snitch or some shit like that. He killed five people and definitely had zero remorse about it for a very long time. Did all this time, death row, whatever, whatever. He became a Catholic towards the end of his bed. And the priest who was going to give him his last rites tried to get him out of the execution, tried to stay the execution by saying he couldn't come give him his last rites because he's an older priest and... If he goes into the jail, he's subject to get COVID. So they got to wait until after he, uh, after the pandemic is over to execute this guy. Uh, you know, that was a, a bold strategy, but it did not work. 
I'm not, you know, I'm not in favor of state sanctioned killings in any shape or, or form. So I'm not in favor of the death penalty or anything like that. But you know what I'm saying? This is what's happening in America. This is what the Supreme Court is allowing, and it's only going to go harder when you lose, like, one of the main, quote-unquote, liberal or, you know, left progressive voices in that whole conversation, man. Oh, man. I did not even want to get... How did I get to this point in the show this fast, man? I'm saving that. I'm going back for that, man. You know what I'm saying? Let's skip that. We're going to go to education, because that's important. Listen, the White House press secretary said out of her mouth, literally, we cannot let science get in the way. <laughs> right now, there are plans in place in several states to have kids go back to school regardless of what the pandemic is doing, regardless of what the experts say. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has said out his mouth, kids have to go back to school and they're going to have to go home and get over it. This is me paraphrasing a very long, ignorant statement. But what he basically said was, kids are going to go home and they're going to deal with it. We're not going to have children flooding the hospitals or anything like that. We're going to just deal with it like it's a sick day. Bro, they have no plan. And meanwhile, the people who are in charge of education, who aren't, by the way, reporting to offices, they're all having these discussions about what we're going to do with kids over Zoom. They having these meetings virtually because they're not going to be in the office throwing their health to the wind in order to decide what we're going to do with a bunch of school kids. It's a very, very backward situation. Betsy DeVos and the Secretary of Education and Department of Education has no handle on this. Meanwhile, a lot of HBCUs, Howard, I believe, has also committed to going 100% remote. Spelman has committed to going 100% remote. And that's interesting because within this social justice movement and we have all these athletes, young high school recruits looking at or committing in some cases to HBCUs, what does the future of collegiate athletics look like? We have no idea. We just really don't know. This is a very uncertain time for all of us, but you know what I'm saying? Like, It's good to at least see people's eyes on the prize in the sense of at least thinking about education. Our people are thinking about education. I've seen a lot of people out here talking about, you know, book clubs and talking about different ways to organize kids in neighborhoods to educate them, to feed them, just to socialize them. It's important. We might have to come up with some plans, y'all. So keep all your eyes open. Keep your options open. Still on with the important news, with the political news, just ridiculousness coming from the White House, coming from all angles. 45 on another unhinged rant. I would advise you, if you don't, if you're like I am and you don't particularly love watching this guy speak, but you feel like you have to to stay informed, this is a, this is, you can't miss. This is must-see TV. You gotta see this. This is him at his most unhinged, his most disassociated from reality. He called in a chart and then lied about what the chart said that he called in to dispute the chart that the interviewer showed. Chris Wallace is perhaps the only person on Fox News with at least a tenure, the seniority, to say anything adverse to this guy, and he had agreed to sit across him from him on Sunday and have this interview and have this conversation. 
it was one of the most idiotic things like you'll ever spend 15 or 20 minutes watching. It's really glaringly obvious that this guy is unfit for office in every way, shape, and form. But this is who we stuck with. As he said, it is what it is. And the election in November, I've said this from the time I started podcasting in 2015, and I will say it again. This guy is not leaving the office. He is coming closer and closer to telling you that every week. When he finally comes out and says it, just remember where you heard it first. He's not leaving office. There will be no peaceful transfer of power ever again. I don't see it. If I'm wrong, I'm, I'm going to be glad to be wrong. I really don't want to be right about this. But... There is something deep in my moral constitution that is telling me that there is no way, shape, or form that this guy leaves peacefully. He's already intimated that the whole process is rigged. The whole thing is done. This whole shit is done. Like we're it, We are moving dangerously towards martial law as evidenced by what's happening in Portland. We're moving dangerously towards autocracy as evidenced by what's happening in every level of our government. People who do not agree with the executive are out of there. No independent voices allowed. If people weren't paying attention like I was, I was tuned in during the impeachment proceedings, which seems like forever ago, but that was only January. The Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who testified against Trump in those proceedings, has been forced to retire. He's out. It's over for Vindman. And he was looking for a promotion at the time of all of these things. He was on a very short list of lieutenant generals or lieutenant colonels to be promoted to the next rank. It just goes to show you anybody who goes against this regime, anybody who goes against this autocracy that we've built, this oligarchy that we're building here, it's definitely shit out of luck. Hey, look, it's, it's nice to be Goya, I guess, now. A whole bunch of people who ain't eating Goya for nothing have probably went out and dumped a whole bunch of money in Goya in the term of supplying, in the terms of contracting, whatever it is that they could do to support this industry that has supported their president, their monarch, they're going to do. Meanwhile, seems like we go out of our way to support people who do not support us in any way, shape, or form. And now I'll go ahead and jump into this fucking idiot. Kanye West decided to have a quote-unquote campaign event this week in Charleston, South Carolina, as if the Charleston primary wasn't months ago. Like, all of this is just ridiculousness. This man had on a bulletproof vest or a tactical vest that says security, 2020 carved into his head, and he was rambling on about the most ridiculous shit. The fact that I had to hear so much about this and read so much about this pains my soul. But I'll tell you what I haven't heard a lot about and read a lot about, but I seen on my timeline because a lot of my friends and people I follow that's in the loop think that they're day traders they got into Robin Hood and E-Trade or whatever and felt like you know they was rocking and rolling so Gap Gap is a publicly traded company 
Gap's shares after last week's Yeezy announcement where they announced that they were having a 10-year partnership with Kanye West to produce, produce a line. It, you know, everybody knew that shit was going to sell immediately. That was going to have hype beast in Gap. Everybody knew that that was about to be a lick. Gap's shares jumped, had a single-day increase of 19%. Like, that's nuts. A single-day increase of 19% after that announcement. Today, they have experienced a single-day plummet as soon as the market opened of 6%. All of my, all of my uh, stock-owning buddies are, are sick about this, yo. Like you said, he's the Yang the Trump. Yeah, I, I feel that, Ronnie. He's, he's, he's costing people money. Whereas Trump has been able to make certain people money and make per- certain people attracted to him by fear, by intimidation, by power. Kanye's weakness and his unpredictability and his lack of control over his circumstances is what makes people reel away from him. It's what makes people repel from him. It's what makes him lose valuable connections and relationships and have to start from scratch over and over and over again. The people that are in his circle right now, that's been the main conversation I'm seeing, and I love that because that's a real conversation. Who the fuck is around you that lets you do this? Where is your wife? You're allegedly running for all... Yo, where is your wife, my G? Listen, I know my wife would... As <laughs> soon as I put the vest on, she'd have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're definitely not going out there like that, and you're definitely not about to embarrass and fuck up our empire in that way. We built something here. Like, Kanye really built something, man. It's, it's, I think that's why we talk about him so much, because, like, what he what he started, yo, you know what I'm saying? What she, what he started, what'd she say? My, my wife is black. <laughs> You're right. My wife is definitely black, and that definitely matters. What, we, what Kanye started, though, what Kanye built, and the consciousness that he raised just by being this character, this polo backpack guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was something that meant something to a lot of people. And it's sad. I think that it's th- that's what hurts us the most is to see that thing co-opted and turned into this. Like, I really don't give a shit what most rappers' political opinions and leanings are. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be quite honest. Kanye West, after all of this time, to be so vocally ignorant is the thing that hurts us all. And the shit is, me and my wife, we talked about this, that, yo, it's a, it's a it's a question of influence. Like, does Kanye still have the amount of influence that he used to have in college backpack or college dropout days, you know, that he has now? And I would argue yes. And the only reason I would argue yes is because of money. These niggas nowadays only respect money. Back in the college dropout days, and the years prior, you like actually had to be someone. Nowadays, if you're rich, it's all cool. Whatever. And if you say something against the word or the opinion of a rich person, then that person is somehow, some way free to say whatever the hell they want. And you're a fucking hater for even questioning what that person has to say or having something to say that is critical of that person as in the old get your stacks up argument. You know, and um, and I argue that 
you know, what'd you say, Ronnie? I think his influence back then was more concentrated. I agree with that. The that, like I said, his 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 influence then was focused on a, a, a niche community, a hip hop community, a certain amount of people who were in the know about the things that he referenced and all of this, that, and the third. Him and Virgil, scamming ass niggas. Yo, them niggas read a couple of issues of Monocle magazine and they ran game on everybody. And that's okay. Because, you know, I like Monocle Magazine, too. You know what I'm saying? And I've been put up on certain things that have made me sound a little bit more learned than the average motherfucker because I flip these pages. But at the end of the day, like, bro, like, let's get it together. Like, you're not a cultural icon. If anything, he's a, a mirror and reflective of the moment. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, I'm just keeping it real, y'all. These are This is my truth. Like, I understand how these people have come across their knowledge and I understand how their influence works and how they influence these kids, man, because these kids don't read. These kids won't do the research that a Virgil did or that a Kanye did because they were just bored. Not only because they bored, they was inside. They wasn't outside, they was inside. I was outside and I was reading. So I, I got something on both of them, but they was inside and it's okay because you know, Five beats a day for three summers did pay off. But you can't expect a guy who did that and who dedicated his life to that to have broader understandings and to even be taken seriously. And also, this mental illness thing, bro, it's a real thing. I'm not giving him a pass because he was an asshole before that. But what I'm saying is, yo, check on your people, man. Don't, don't allow your people to display their vulnerabilities like that publicly because that's going to get everybody hurt. That's going to get everybody's, you know, ability to maneuver slowed up, man. And that's why I'm just, I'm laughing. Again, Gap has watched their shares publicly plummet. Adidas, no comment. You know what I'm saying? But guess, guess what? All this time, while Kanye's out here making a fool of himself, making money for Gap just in the sense of his announcement because 19% increase in a single day versus a 6% decline a day. I can do the math, and that math says that they're still up. So at the end of the day, they are still up. And guess what? They didn't pay rent in April or May. Why? Because they said, hey, bro, we're, you know, COVID, man. We can't do it. We can't do it, guys. I know we got billions of dollars. I know we make clothes for five cents that we didn't sell for $30. I know we're killing it. But uh, yeah, you know, we just can't pay rent. So think about who's winning in these equations. Think about who's winning in these situations. It never is us. And it's never Kanye. It's never Kanye. Kanye just comes outside and makes a fool of himself. And just, and people make money either way. The, the media makes money when he goes crazy and acts stupid. The companies make money when he comes in and ropes in and has these revolutionary ideas. Elon Musk made money just by taking a picture with him. You know what I'm saying? He's a cash cow, and he don't even know it. He's being used. He's talking about he lives in Wyoming. He's talking about the, the pennies. He, oh, he's a billionaire now. Oh, word. Yeah, that's great. That's pennies to the people who employ him. That's pennies to the people who he admires who he's taught us to just so espouse and admire the, the Ralph Lauren's, the, you know, the Chanel's, the Carl Lagerfeld's, the whoever, the Phoebe Philo's, all of these people whose names he put in our mouths, they look at him as a peasant and he proves it constantly. 
all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's sad that, you know, we got to talk about this guy in this way, man. It's sad that this shit has to happen, but it's happening. It's a real thing, man. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm going to tell y'all, as the world turns and everything goes around, it all comes back to being super duper 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 local. Everything that happens outside these big corporations that we hear about, like real esoterically, like I'm sure some of y'all might be familiar with Monsanto. Monsanto is a big company that friggin' um, really owns the genetic or bio, bio biological agricultural property of America. That's the word I was looking for. The agricultural property of America is pretty much owned by one company. Their name is Monsanto. They own all the seeds. They grow, they control interest in all the farms across the nation. They're a monopoly. Anyway, this company, who is a monopoly on all the food we eat, and their pollution and their environmental disregard is legendary from a macro sense. We know that they're one of the biggest polluters but let's take it down to D.C. This company actually agreed to pay $52 million to D.C. for pollution in our rivers. We knew we wasn't crazy when we were talking about the Anacostia is filthy. The Potomac is filthy. And the company that is responsible for feeding the nation is one of the main companies that was making it filthy. We're not slow. $52 million settlement paid out to the district. We don't know where that money's going to go. Who's going to do anything with that? Who's going to see that? We don't know. Schools are never going to see it. But good on them for bringing that full circle, I guess, and letting us understand that, um, you know, we're not as slow as they think we are. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're not fucking stupid there, bro. It's a, it's a wild time we live in, man. You know what I'm saying? DC's trying to move to phase three. I'm not. I'm over corona stories. Listen, we do not have a grip on this. Our country is going in the entire wrong direction we have been bad for the bahamas now y'all we got bad for the bahamas man we we did it we're number one bad from the entire european union bad from the bahamas everybody shout out to everybody who was flexing talk about yo i got my passport y'all got those jordans y'all some bums i got jordans and the passport and um my jordans are worth more right now guys so i'm just gonna let you know this is some bullshit we have really gone into third world country status right now. Shout out to all my people, though, that's been able to get out of the country and go do their thing. I got a couple homies in Jamaica right now. Got a couple homies, man, traveling, doing Mexico, doing whatever they got to do. You know what I'm saying? You want to take the COVID test and take a chance to get on out there? That's great. But uh, me, I'm trying to slide on America. And unfortunately, that is not possible right now. So, you know... Everybody, you know, this is what it is. It's the core report, man. Listen, I'm going to get out here. It's 6.30. We got a little bit of daylight left. I've been having crazy days. If you know me, you know I'm into my bike riding season right now. I got my man with me, Zaire. We're about to get busy on the trail right now. got to go take the boy out, man, put him through these miles. Listen, please stay tuned for all the developments we got coming. So many things working on right now. Websites crowdfunding, additional content, bonus content, just growing the platform because, uh, look, guys, this is my fucking job right now, okay? I had to close the barbershop, and I'm ready to close the barbershop. It's all cool. I'm not, don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm cool. I'm going to have my my business succumb to COVID story to tell. Maybe I'll write a really great op-ed about it one day, but right now, we got to get to it. 
So we're going to make this thing do what it do. Core Report, Black Broadway Media Group, thank you all for your support always, man. And remember, things work out the best for people to make the best of the way things work out. We'll be back tomorrow. We got this whole thing rocking all week, man. It's just Monday. Core Report. You know what it is. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Okay.